It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. In the history of motion pictures, only a select few performers have become immortalized by the roles they have portrayed. Consider the vamp, the champ, the tramp. And now the most perfect casting of all, Steve Martin, the jerk. It was never easy for me. I was born a poor black child. Steve Martin. See that? Be somebody. He may not be perfect, but he's the only jerk we've got. Steve Martin, the jerk. Yellow. The jerk. That's right. Steve Martin, can you tell the difference? I am not a bum. I'm a jerk. All right. Welcome, jerks, to the film with three brains. Uh, it's Sam in San Francisco. And this jerk is Sean in Chicago. And I'm Cohen in Maplewood, New Jersey. Jerk. And today, if you haven't <laughs> figured it out, we are reviewing The Jerk. 1979 comedy starring Steve Martin. Is it The Jerk or The Jerk? It's the He's king jerk. of the jerks. Okay. Um, but I feel like Jerk must have meant something different. Why? Well, he's not really so much a jerk as just an idiot. Well, I think in this ah. t- context, I think jerk, you, the connotation for jerk these days is like an asshole, but I think it used to be more like a moron. Right. Well, it's funny you said idiot because someone mentioned that the, I think the idea was to be like Dostoevsky's The Idiot, but they didn't want to say idiot, so they used jerk, the jerk. Yeah. Yeah, it says, well, it's from uh, Steve Martin's memoir. Needed, it needed to be something short, yet had the feeling of an epic tale, like Dostoevsky's The Idiot, but not like that. <laughs> but not that, like The Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess there's, there's different definitions. Annoyingly stupid is a definition. <laughs> um, yeah. You want a synopsis or you just, I mean, have you guys seen this recently? Uh, yeah, actually, I saw it, when the hell was that? Maybe a year ago? I don't remember why, my wife and I watched it. But I still didn't remember it very well. It's just, it doesn't stick in my brain. I find it pretty forgettable, actually. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Ooh. Letting out his feelings. (laughs) (laughs) But before that, I hadn't seen it since, like... We were kids, probably. When did this come out? 79? So, like, I don't know. Whatever. I don't remember when I saw it for the first time. We were probably preteens or teens. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those movies that someone had a copy of on VHS. Yeah, right. Something like that. I'm that sure. we watched here yeah. and there. What about yeah. you, Sean? Yeah, I don't remember a copy, but I remember watching it when I was way too young. Like... <laughs> You know, early 80s or something. Um, and because I remember like the, <laughs> and this is silly, but I remember actually liking the circus and train and stuff because I was that young. I was like, ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> carnival, that's fun. <laughs> and then not understanding the, the jokes about the special purpose and all that stuff. And I just, I knew it was, I knew it was wrong that I, that I was watching it. And I was, I was probably guilt watching it, you know, <laughs> giggling at it, but I knew I shouldn't be watching it. And then I didn't, I didn't watch it for, I don't know, I, 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 yeah, I don't know, 10, 15 years later, I, I, I remembered, oh yeah, I, I think I've seen this, but I realized I, did, I missed the entire movie, I didn't understand any of it, and I've seen it, you know, eight, ten times since then, probably. Hmm. Yeah. I remember it, let's put it that way. Yeah, I've seen it a handful of times. This time was different, though. Why? I mean, the movie was the same, <laughs> but for me, I felt like I felt like I liked it more in the past, hmm. even like the recent past. 
like five or ten years ago, not thirty. Hmm. Um, yeah, and this time when I watched it, I just felt like, and maybe it's because we watched um, the Man with Two Brains and mm-hmm. All of Me, right? In fairly recent times, <laughs> and I feel like both of those are so much better than this. I would agree with that. Yeah, as movies, they are for sure. Hey, well, how else? <laughs> I was well, a little. What about movies? Like, <laughs> well, like laugh out loud moments. There, there's, there's like at least one scene that I cannot let, can cannot not laugh at. Which one? <laughs> when he's naked and he's getting out of the top, <laughs> the top of it, and he's got shit head in front of him, and he's <laughs> he picks up the other dog. <laughs> and he was like. Here, boy. And he grabs the <laughs> tiny dog and puts that on his butt crack, and it turns. <laughs> I can't yeah. not laugh at that scene. It just it just kills me. Yeah, it's so stupid. That was funny. I my I have two scenes I thought were pretty funny, and they're pretty far apart. And one is when the guy I don't even remember why M. M. Walsh is trying to kill him, and he he's hitting all those cans, and Steve Martin goes, "Boy, someone really hates these cans." <laughs> and for, it's so fucking stupid and some reason I found myself laughing and I actually felt a little guilty about it but because <laughs> it's so dumb no, and then perfect. later when she, when Bernadette Peters says whatever about her son and he's like which one is he and he said he's the one wearing the bullshit t-shirt and for some reason they show him riding the train wearing that <laughs> stupid shirt I couldn't stop giggling but honestly that's that's about that's the that's the whole of my amusement really the rest of it was just kind of like everything was just really falling flat i just i wasn't buying it you know like it wasn't resonating with me i really there's a scene i feel like there's a scene that was a pretty a pretty good encapsulation of it is when the um jackie mason's showing him where he can stay and they go in the bathroom and he's like oh my gosh this is so great and i'm just like I didn't, I just, it was, to me, it was just cringeworthy, you know? Oh, I can take this <laughs> well, out and I'll have so much room. And then he's like, no, 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 it's back here. And he goes, oh, I couldn't afford this anyway. And I'm like, ugh. It just didn't, it wasn't See, I like that line. Really? Yeah, I, actually, I, I didn't like it at all. But I, like I think it. that some of the, it felt like they, it felt like the making of this was coming up with skits for each location. Yeah. Like, it was almost like it was made backwards like hey where can we film for real cheap well we've got a you know rundown carnival a gas rundown gas station you know a mansion whatever okay well we're gonna piece together a story for mm-hmm. it and each one goes like i like it would have been fine if he'd have been like oh th- this is awesome and it's the bathroom and then he you know he it felt like he went too long with that joke yeah you know? and it felt like a number of the jokes just went too long like and they weren't and that that feeling you were describing of like not really buying into it Mm -hmm. i felt like that was part of it the whole way yeah you don't i also was trying to figure it out like you know even though he was totally arrogant in, in in the man with two brains um like he bought into his character more i felt mm-hmm. like i felt like he could never really like he wasn't he wasn't like dumb like dumb and dumber right like he wasn't like it just whatever he was i couldn't ever quite figure it out yeah and it's and, so un, it's so inaccessible he's so unusual which is fine if it's if it's like super hilarious right but it, it's just not humor i find i really could I was really responding to. Yeah, I think it was, I just couldn't relate to who he actually was. Like, Napoleon Dynamite does a lot of stupid stuff, but you totally get who he is. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. And and Steve Martin in this movie, like, I never felt like I really got to know. His character is so, so all over the map. It's just like, what? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that what we're describing here are, you know, some issues with editing for one like it like um not not cutting that scene in the bathroom you know like you could have mm-hmm. you could have or or redo it like if you really like that and you're like oh there was something good about that but can we make it can we do it faster and we could have reshot that scene mm-hmm. you know with I, it sort of reminds me for some reason that scene more than anything 
reminds me of um, the scene in Dumb and Dumber where he's asking, um, I forgot her name, like if if they if they might end up together. Oh, Mary Swanson. Yeah, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, do you think like one in a hundred? And she's yeah, like, more like one in a million. And he goes, yes. <laughs> Are you saying there's a chance? Yeah. And then the scene ends, you know. And. Th- th- that's sort of like the bathroom scene for me. Like if he'd have just said, this is amazing. And he's like, well, no, actually it's back here. He's like, oh, okay. You know, like truncated and punchy right. instead of yeah. everything just kind of drags out, you know? Right. And I know that, that that's intentional and that's a style of humor. It's like for me, um, uh, Tim and Eric, you know, like that to me is not funny. The, you know what I'm talking about? Those dudes. Yep, sure. Like, their shtick is not funny to me. I, I can't fucking stand watching them. They, they, I find them so Tim tedious. Awesome show or something. Yeah, and then the movie, and it's just for Great me, job. it's unwatchable. It's not funny. It's not even remotely amusing. And this, this humor is kind of similar, I guess. It's not exactly the same, but it, it, I don't know. I just, it just doesn't. I just don't react to it. You know, for the most part, there were parts that were amusing, but. Well, the other thing I was going to mention, in addition to the editing choices was the relationship between Steve Martin and Carl Reiner. I mean, they're carpooling to the set every day. Yeah. Apparently because of the gas shortage and they're coming up with new jokes and that's great. But I think there's like a, maybe, maybe a little too collegial atmosphere. Like, sure. you know, so like when he did the joke that was like <laughs> St. Louis, he's like, no, David R. Johnson or David Johnson, you know, like yeah. he ad libbed that joke. Yeah. And that's one of, I mean, that's, that's fine. That's a good joke. But then he's, He's not a complete idiot for the, you know, at other times, as we've mentioned, and he kind of, he, it's too varied. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe Carl Weiner was like, well, you know, that's a good joke. I want to keep it in there. Let's keep, yeah, it kind of ruins the whole scene, but I, I, I like that joke, <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was, that joke stuck out to me too, because I felt like they'd already told us he was going to St. Louis. Yeah. And it was right. like, if you wouldn't have told the audience that it would have you know, and we, it would have been funnier, but we know that his memory's not that bad. Yeah. You know, like in his brain, you know, like it, yeah, that one didn't work for me. I feel like it needed, you know, one thing this movie needs more than anything is some sort of story. Like there's, there really isn't a plot per se. Not really. I mean, he's, he's just like, I'm going to go out in the world. Okay. Like if it, it, it's difficult to sort of string these jokes together with no spine of a story. There's not, he's yeah. just like, he's just out there for no reason. Just like he feels like he should be. And it's hard when the jokes have no sort of, uh, there's no coherence to any of it at all because it all feels so scattershot. It's like at least Pee-wee's Big Adventure you know, has this one thing where he needs to get his bike back, you know, or um, mm-hmm. Dumb and Dumber, sort of similar, you know, where they want to give this, you know, stupid suitcase and, you know, whatever. Like some yeah. sort of MacGuffin, you know, would have helped, I think. But this is, it doesn't really have anything. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, what it has is Steve Martin. You right. Know, that's, <laughs> it leans on it really heavily. Yeah. Probably too heavily. I mean, I, old, I've, 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 I don't know if I've, I don't know if we, I don't even remember, you know, when we were talking about all of me and, and, um, and the man with two brains, but like old, old Steve Martin has never really appealed to me. Well, that's right. That I much. That. Like I've always liked him later post stand up. I've always liked him more as an, like a, an actor, like a comedic actor rather than a comedian. I've always found him more interesting. And this, this is like the epitome of what I think I don't like about his early work, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, you know, admittedly, most of this is from his stand-up act. The, right. The grabbing the thermos and the mm-hmm. fan and everything. That's part of his stand-up act that he did. Mm-hmm. You know, people liked it. and But again, that scene takes forever. And, and th- like with that scene, you're actually feeling, you're still feeling bad for him because he just lost everything. Yeah. And you get a little chuckle kind of when he grabs the, he's like, I need this. And he grabs the chair. But like, <laughs> that was yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, it just doesn't, yeah, because the way he does it is funny. Like, I yeah. like, you know, he, but yeah, do we need, to, do we need that bit of material right there? Probably not. It probably doesn't, you know, 
or do we even need it at all? Like, you know, there's just some reliance on the, on his stand up material that, mm-hmm. that kind of disrupts the whole, the movie. So again, I, I think as a movie, yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess of a movie, but I mean, you mentioned like Pee Wee, we, we just give it a pass on everything, nearly everything as far as. I mean, not, that's not true. Wait, wait, still what good. are you saying? Wait, well, wait, wait. No, <laughs> I mean, we all, what do you mean we we're giving love, Pee-wee a pass? I'm saying we all love Pee-wee, but we knowingly love Pee-wee. And he's doing Pee-wee, you know? It's like... Well, that's what I'm saying, is if they would have set up who he is at the beginning, we might have been more accepting of what keeps happening later. But they didn't. Right. So right, you, but I mean, you're but okay. All right, it's the first scene. You don't need to know Pee Wee, but to like Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure, because you watch the first five minutes of Pee Wee, you understand that you're watching someone who is living in their own little world in a way that you don't. But you kind of get what it is pretty okay. quickly. Yeah. And when you watch this, it's you see a guy. You know, the the opening scene about let me tell you my story. Why he's you know sitting as a as. A, was a homeless guy doesn't really doesn't give you anything Mm -hmm. so then you go to the next scene where he's you know at the dinner table with his family and that doesn't really get you anything except understanding that he is gonna leave you know like but yeah set for what so they don't they don't do a the good job of anywhere in the first 10 minutes really they they give you they tell you he's dumb, but you don't really know who he is and what he's what he wants. So you you don't you don't have any of those things to latch onto for your character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in some scenes, he's so incredibly dumb that, like the th- like the thing where his his black family is like, "Well, you're you're white." And he's like, "You mean I'm gonna what? Is, I don't remember." The, he, he <laughs> you're going to stay, stay like this color, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's just it's so it's so incredibly absurd. Joke. Yeah, I just didn't really like it. <laughs> because it's like you know a, a, an animal in the wild that's you know black at birth and turns white. Or you know what? <laughs> to me, it's funny if it's like an inside joke, like in um, what's the Richard Pryor and uh, Gene Wilder movie where uh, oh, hear one? no evil, see no evil. Is that what it's called? Yes, there's one. That's yes. one. <laughs> and there's a there's a joke in there about um, uh, when he Richard Pryor finds out oh. he's black. Yeah, and he's like, does mom oh, and dad. Does mom and do mom and dad know? Yeah, but it's like you know, yeah. it's like an inside joke. Like he's not doesn't really think that, and that's why it's funny. To me, that was a funny joke. When he says it, I'm just like, no one's this fucking stupid. And if he is this stupid, then he can't possibly function on his own in any context in the world. Right, right. I mean, <laughs> which I know is a standard that's ridiculous for a movie. This that's so, so so just all slapstick, but it just takes me out of it, you know, completely. To the point where I, I don't, the jokes don't land anymore. Right. If uh, that makes any sense. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I think that, I think that you said scattershot. I mean, there's, it's like, they've got every kind of joke you can think of. And some of them work and some of them don't, you know, like, yeah. and sometimes the setups are worthwhile and sometimes they're really long and not worth it. Like, why would you, you know, the, the whole church thing like setting up the the guys who are robbing the gas station mm-hmm. attached to a church just so he can say no i didn't get the license plate but uh, any blue chevy uh you know pulling a small church i, I that'd be the one you know like it's good <laughs> right. it's a funny joke but right. it's i mean that it's was an a awful big lot of setup joke. an awful lot of setup you know for right uh, okay payoff <laughs> that whole scene actually is like okay well right there's a this is Newsbomb and it would be an interesting um an interesting experiment like how much how much footage is not in that movie how much how many things they shot how many versions of each joke did they shoot that didn't make it in and, and like to sit down with all that footage and, and sort of create a new film with all new jokes <laughs> and mm, just to yeah. see just to see did they really get the best i mean maybe they did who knows it'd just be an interesting experiment on the cutting room floor is a scene with Bill Murray. Right. I'm very curious what that is, but didn't make it. Hmm. I mean, I I don't know. I, I, I guess I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to look at it objectively, but I, I Steve Martin and I can't. I mean, there. Are, so 
when we were doing one of the other Steve Martin movies, I watched probably the worst one I've ever seen by him, which which was the early 80s. Um, what is it? The, Lo- the Lonely Guy? Lonely Guy. The Lonely Guy, yeah. Yeah. And it has it has the same issues. It has... It, well, it's worse. It's not as funny. Um, it's a lot more... It tries to be a little more serious and talk about suicide and still not be funny. Suicide's um, always funny. <laughs> <laughs> And, I mean, it has a it has a loose plot, but it's it's it does meets meaningless basically. Um, but I I but I'd feel differently about this movie than I do about that completely differently. I don't know why. I think just because they, I I mean, maybe I feel like I'm in on the joke even though I have nothing to do with this movie. I just feel like I understood where Carl Reiner and Steve Martin were at the time, and they were having a good time and. Apparently the cast was having a good time and it was, you know, wasn't a horrible movie to make. It's only four million dollars and all that stuff. But I didn't. I don't know. I just I just thought they're having fun. It feels fun to me. You know, I can laugh along. It does. It drags. You know, it like toward the end you're just like, okay, well, get rid of the money or something. But. If you're, you know, there's still jokes to be had, and you know, if you, if you're not looking at it as a movie anymore, if you're just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the problem. Yeah, it it's really was. It were, for me, it was a long ninety minutes. So, how many times have you seen this? Twice, you think? Probably three or four times now. Okay. Yeah, I've definitely seen it more than that. And you know, was, uh, you know what I found interesting, actually, about it? Something I did not like in this was I really wasn't digging any of his physical comedy he was doing. His, the mm. uh, you know, the shtick, um, like trying to keep the beat in the beginning and the, and the weird dancing shit and all <laughs> that. I found, went on I way too long. Yeah, and I found it really irritating. I'm not quite sure why. I was just like, just stop. Whereas, like, his physical comedy in all of me I thought was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe just because an all me was so motivated, you know, like it was like it was in service of something specific. And so you could tell whether he was doing it well or not, because it, it, there, there, it was like a thing. And in, in, in the jerk, it was just like it was just whatever, you know, it did. It was just him gesticulating. And, and I, I don't know if I'm making sense, but. It, no, it, felt, it felt far more specific in all of me and, and motivated. And in this, it was just like he just thought maybe it'd be funny if he twirled around here and did this right. weird thing with his hands. You know, I, I, and I just wasn't I just wasn't buying it no, or it wasn't well, it wasn't doing it for me. Well, that's the whole thing. And all of me, it's moving. A lot of the jokes are moving the plot forward. Yeah. Especially along the physical comedy that that, that specific scene that you're mentioning is. Yeah. Is hilarious. Um, and he's having this, this, you know, this argument internally, um, with, you know, the two sides of his brain. Um, whereas this is like, it should have been just like, just like you were saying for the bathroom scene, it should have been a real quick thing where you notice like, oh, he has no rhythm. Instead, it just kept going and like, how many times does he have to mess up a clap and mess up a foot stomp? You know, <laughs> right. and right. and they had the opportunity because when he hears when he hears the other music overnight, and it's you know, it's uh, Lawrence Welk apparently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so when he when he hears the, uh, the, the whatever music you want to call it, and he realizes that he has rhythm to that, that would have been the the thing to be like, hey, I'm gonna go out and. You know, it, I think if someone was remaking the movie now, he, they'd be like, he, when he finds out he's adopted, they'd, the easy thing to do is be like, you're going to, I'm going to go find my parents. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. you know, oh, yeah. well, your dad was, you know, we think your dad was with the carnival because that, you know, our parents were with the carnival because that was coming through town at the time. You know, like there's, there's uh-huh. such an easy way to set it, set it up and to, to have a story that goes with it. And all those little jokes should, you know, yeah. exactly what you said. They should be mm-hmm. super quick. That's actually, you just described the plot of Joe Dirt. <laughs> 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 <With> um, David Spade. 
Which I did see once, and I don't remember thinking it was that great either. It's okay. It's okay. It's, it seemed to have a life of its own, though, or at least his character. I, I guess there's not many mullet people to <laughs> really reference to years later. <laughs> well, so you guys are talking about the opening scenes with the music. Um, these things are not very... T- um, they don't they don't translate well to the modern world because in those days I and I'm I'm not saying this is good I'm saying this is I mean it's good that it doesn't translate because a lot of the humor is based on stereotypes based on things that you know we could laugh we would laugh too much about back then and now just don't seem funny anymore because they're so dated so you know like black people have rhythm and white people don't you know that's that's like you said, if it was just one joke, that's fine. But it, it's a major premise, you know. It's a mm-hmm. it's a whole thing. But you know, though, that's a load of crap because <laughs> all these years have gone on, and I still don't have rhythm. So you know what? <laughs> oh, I see. So, it's, <laughs> so it still works. Okay. So no matter how far we've moved forward, it, it I haven't changed. Yeah. <laughs> so it just goes to show how outdated I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. Because I'm thinking about that scene too, and I and I'm concentrating on when he's snap snapping, he's snapping on one and three on the downbeat, not the up, <laughs> the upbeat, not the downbeat. Or yeah. well, it, yeah, I mean it's 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 a truism. It it like, like people, that, I don't know. He what what I think is funny is that Steve Martin is is trying not to have rhythm, and he said snap snap, and then he messes up, and then he starts snapping with the beat. <laughs> and then he stops and restarts again. So he, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's not that interesting. But it really doesn't. It, it really doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't like. There's not enough payoff. You know. It's it, and again, probably back in the day, you know, a poor black family from Mississippi. Oh, that's that's a barrel laughs. Now it's like, well, what are you doing? Like what? Like what? What is this bit? You know. And it's just a single line from his stand-up that he did. He's. You know, I, I, you know, I never had it easy as a, you know, I grew up a poor black child in Mississippi or something, you know, whatever his line was that, mm-hmm. that was the movie. That's the start of the movie. So if he had done something else other than that, maybe it would have, it wouldn't have dragged so much, but I mean, and this, this is just one issue you're saying they're doing this kind of thing throughout the movie, which I, I can't defend the whole movie in that, in that sense, but <laughs> But it's curious that that you know, this was a this was a, a very big success in those days. You know, a hundred million dollars sure. at the box office. That you know, oh, it's huge. They yeah. nobody was going. Oh wow, this was way too you know, outlandish or you know they just just went to see it probably because of him because he was he was on the way up or I don't yeah know, he, he was. was he was uh, yeah but also it's nineteen seventy nine. Look at what we have to do at the deer hunter, stalker, <laughs> stalker. and the jerk. <laughs> like, God, they're like, finally, we can just laugh. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. For as long as all the scenes go, it only tops out at an hour and 35 minutes with all the credits and, and everything. I mean, it's somewhat short. Right. And I mean, the pacing for the, was normal for that time, too. I mean, I think. You can't compare this to '90s comedy. You definitely can't compare it to today's comedy. The the, the pacing back then, uh, you know, that's what it was. Yeah. The Warriors was '79 too. Yeah. Also mm-hmm. not a comedy. No. <laughs> hmm. Well, okay. I've, I was, we're we're gonna nitpick this movie then. I've got a. <laughs> Wait, no, we're not. not. No, we're not going to nitpick. We're, but, but I don't think one these thing are nitpicks. That, well, these are big problems, yeah. <laughs> one thing I don't, I'm not sure about is is um, the the daredevil lady. I don't even know what her name is. Oh, yeah. But she, she, they're on the midway. She goes through the thing, and you can see the wire attached to her mm-hmm. that like pulls her off the bike as she goes through the ring of fire. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get that. Movie-wise, stunt-wise, anyone. I don't get that. My, I don't get the whole thing. My thought was, perhaps that's that's within the context of the carnival, that's what they do. 
she goes through the fire thing and then she falls off and it it like makes her fall off and it's like this thing that people find exciting i don't know oh so it's so because she fell off people are like oh and then right. she gets up and she's like oh. yeah and she's like ta-da I'm okay fine. so so going through a ring of fire is not enough but falling right. over and having right. some right that's what i thought some fake danger. because the first yeah, time she sense. did it i'm like you can see the cable it's gonna pour yeah. off and then she does it but then it happens and you keep seeing it yeah and i thought well there's no motivation for her to fall off for an right. audience right that's you know in within the context of the film so maybe it's the point of her act that's her the act. movie is that yeah. that's her act it pulls her off and everyone's like ah she's all right you know i guess and she quickly detaches the cable before anyone notices or something I don't know. Yeah. It, it it still bugs me yeah. every time I see it. It's a little clunky. I mean, her character is so annoying. I didn't like her at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's there for one special purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the I like the pizza in the cup. <laughs> <laughs> he's like oh yeah that's the best pizza cup you got. It, it drove the other pizza cup pizza in the cup guy out of business <laughs> right <laughs> and that that had to be ad lib that stuff I don't know yeah <laughs> there are other smaller jokes like signs that that appear briefly and if you don't read them real quick you miss that yeah there's references to like the the apparently the the, the letter the uh, goodbye letter from from her Mm-hmm. Is is all wet because the the letter in Casablanca at the train station was really wet and he could, and you know it, <laughs> you couldn't really see the writing I don't know I guess it's I guess it's a riff on that hmm. very specific yeah niche joke I guess and then he just goes oh dear no yeah so I didn't like, that didn't, I didn't like that either. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a, it's just too absurdist for me. There's a movie that's too absurdist for Cohen. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know if it's the whole movie, just that scene. To me, it was just dumb. Well, it's yeah. Like, there's it's like nobody's yeah. gonna try and read that. That's stupid. It's not. Funny. But he is stupid. <laughs> I know, but I didn't think it was funny. <laughs> All right. What about? Don't call that dog hero. Call him shithead. Yeah. Yeah? And then he's <laughs> called shithead the rest of the movie? That's all right, I guess. I don't know. And, then, and the dog hates him, no. actually. Yeah, I like that. I like that the dog, he has to drag the dog away. The dog runs <laughs> Like, that seems actually funny. You know? Yeah. Or amusing. Yeah. You know? And I like the, the riff on, you know, obvi- the obvious riff on Lassie. You know, to try to understand them and then make the mistake. <laughs> it's a little long and you know, but at the same time, it's like, all right, that's fun. You know, he ends up yeah. with a dog with it. And when he yeah. when he starts knocking on doors and he goes, "Arf, arf, uh, help, help!" You know, like, mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, like, yeah, oh. Cohen's like, just never bought into the guy. That's nope. That's it. So, okay, let's, I mean, definitely Dumb and Dumber owes a few things to this movie, though. We have to be fair about this, I think. No? Yeah. Maybe, I guess. Sure. I mean, not just, just that they're dumb, but some some similar jokes. Um, oh, man, I was, there was a really poignant thing, and I've forgotten it, so. So much for that point. But. I mean, just the just the idea that we're on this adventure with these dumb people. I mean, that's it. That's you know, that's that's what we're in for. But I think something about Dumb and Dumber is like, I don't know. There's because there's two of them, they can be dumb together. He doesn't have anyone to be dumb with. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I didn't yeah, like that she comes back after he's rich. I felt like that wasn't part of how she should be. Well, she claims that she went looking for him as soon as she left or something, right? Or as soon yeah. as he left. Yeah, but she, he also said it was her, his, her mom that contacted him when she saw him written up. Anyway. And that's mm. a problem from 
when that when their relationship starts because she says, I don't want to fall in love with you because my mom says I should marry a man with, you know, power, special purpose. Or special purpose. And he goes, I have a special Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. So I think in Dumb and Dumber, they're, they're far more endearing. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the difference. <laughs> and the pacing is good, which helps. Yeah. Yeah. The, also, yeah, I mean, the... I feel like in Dumb and Dumber, the, the jokes that take the longest to set up are the ones that don't quite land as well. Like, my favorite things about Dumb and Dumber are the, are the more snappier things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I keep thinking about the, Harry, your hands are freezing. That is, that's probably my favorite scene of the whole movie. Because <laughs> he's like, you had extra gloves this whole time. Duh, we're in the Rockies. <laughs> Yeah. And then that setup sets up the Harry, your hands are freezing. Right, exactly. So it's like a double. It's great. It's a great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. John Denver's full of shit. <laughs> There's yeah. so many good ones in that. Yeah. Samson, I that was way off. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's get back to basics here. Sam, you you picked this, this movie. You could have picked Dumb and Dumber, but you picked this movie. Yeah, I'll later so, pick Dumb and Dumber. Well, I okay. picked this one because it was the same year. It's only on till the end of the month on Netflix, so our, our, our fans can watch watch it quickly here. Um, <laughs> you know, I was looking at his filmography, though, because I, I do think Steve Martin's made a number of movies that are fun to watch. And, sure. like, picking, you know, if, if I'm going to... it's looking at how we pick movies it's sometimes or often we don't pick the best movie for the actor that we're choosing to have like it seems kind of strange to me that we've got you know all of me better than this you know man of two brains but dirty rotten scoundrels like (laughs) we're planes trains and automobiles Mm -hmm. like even parenthood you know and the spanish prisoner roxanne like he's got a, a handful of movies that we can come back to and be like, yeah, that's good. That's it's great. Like I, sure. I love dirty rotten scoundrels, you know, <laughs> but I think that, that those are the movies that when I look at the filmography of people like this, I'm like, well, everyone should know that that's a great movie. So I'm going to pick one that's a little more off the beaten path and see if it's still good, you sure. know, something, you know, so I feel like, in some ways, you know, I'm cheating myself of watching a movie I know I love to watch a movie that is a little bit maybe because I, in the back of my mind, I think, oh, well, all of our listeners, you know, all six of them should already know that these other <laughs> movies are better. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's, it's tough because if I could go back a week and just watch Dirty Rotten Scoundrels or even I've never seen The Spanish Prisoner a second time I remember really liking it when I saw it but I don't mm-hmm. remember you know and yeah. it's not it's not him being the comedian and the, oh no you know, not at no, all totally straight you know right which is also an interesting departure given you know all the movies that he's done around you know in the 1990s to all of a sudden be that you know yeah yeah so I mean I just figured because you know, the the namesake of our podcast is one of his films, which you've already done. That you know, like he's a we have a few like central characters in our reviews. I think he's got to be one. No, it's um, it's Emmett know, Walsh. Kurt Russell's in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Emmett Walsh has got to be up there. <laughs> he we love is, him. He's got to be our most reviewed <laughs> at this point. Yeah, there's the guy in the in the stolen car or the credit cards he was in UHF <laughs> um, and then there was another double up that I, I wasn't sure about some Irvin or something I don't know but I just I mean I, I don't know I don't I don't feel I'm not I know I sound apologetic it's not even my movie I don't know why I'm a, I'm defending it but <laughs> I again I feel like understanding this 
humor and this stuff will help inform like the later stuff he does. I mean, have you guys watched um, Only Murders in the Building? Sure. Yeah. I mean, totally different. I mean, he's, yeah. he's playing himself, not himself, but an actor that's older. Um, so he's not doing all the physical comedy stuff, but he's still, um, you know, mm-hmm. using some of his various gifts. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't, you, yeah. And show, the, the thing about uh, the thing I like about only, only murders in the building is that him and Martin Short have such great chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they play off each other so damn well that like that alone really keeps me sort of engaged with that show. Right. Right. And they're kind of needling each other as they go and make mm-hmm. jokes about themselves and yeah, and then there's an actual podcast. It's kind of meta at times, but it's it's still basically murder mystery that's funny, mm-hmm. and it's it's well done. It's a, you know, and he's yeah. and and he of course not only as an actor but as a producer and a writer and a performer. You know, he's done a lot of stuff. He's learned a few things, and so when he was starting, and this is his big, this is his breakout movie. Yeah, he's it's like his first movie, right? It's his first big first starring movie. I don't know if it's his first movie, but. It's definitely when, you know, most people were became aware of him. I mean, he was just throwing the kitchen sink at it. He was just, like, pulling stand-up stuff out. He's, like, doing, uh, like, a half-nude scene. You know, he just, whatever whatever's going to look funny on screen, I'm going to try that. Yeah. And, unfortunately, not all the jokes land. Not even, you know, maybe half the jokes land. But, I mean, if if his goal is to make himself laugh first and then hopefully make other people laugh. And I'm sure that he, you know, he, he's like kind of pleased with it, but I mean, it's, it's obviously he's moved on from that, that time. Apparently one of his, like his favorite scene is the, is the beach scene when they're falling in love and she pulls out the cornet or whatever it is, the trumpet. And, uh, and when he was, he was watching the, the screening of it, he was waiting for audiences to react. And he said, most people just went, you got popcorn during that scene, you know, <laughs> but that made me think about like, yeah, he doesn't understand the audience that would appreciate this. He's just steam. He just kept going. He was like, Oh, you know, somebody will like this joke. I'll keep that one in. Or actually I'm talking about Steve. I should be saying Carl Reiner or the editors mm-hmm. um, or the writers themselves. There were, uh, there were um, Carl Gottlieb and Michael Ilias writing it with him. So it wasn't just him, just them, you know, but I'm just saying that you know that's this is this is definitely a look at early early Steve Martin, Saturday Night Live Steve Martin. You know, it was the year before I think was his King Tut stuff. Yeah, and so it's to see where he's come. You know, see where he started. And I mean, the only the only real shock here is that it did so freaking well <laughs> <laughs> with a basically funny but almost unwatchable movie. Yeah. I would say almost unwatchable. I think, it, like I, I said, mean, it's Colin just, would say, I don't think it is. It's it, it's for the time and all that. It's I, I can see why it was as as popular as it was, and I and I th- also wonder too is if you're if you're a, a successful stand-up comedian, you've you have selected your audience, like you know. Not everyone in the world is going to go see Gallagher, but to Gallagher, he, everyone who showed up that night was laughing, right? So if you give Gallagher a movie, he's like, well, my audience has loved this. And he's, so he's making the movie for his audience, not the movie goer audience. Mm. And so, you know, Steve Martin was doing the same. He's like, well, these are the things that work in my standup. I'm throwing them all in here and they just don't, not all of them have that widespread appeal because it's the, I think you, you end up, you know, self-selecting as a stand-up comedian, right? Yeah, I guess. Or yeah, you use, use material that, that got a laugh previously and you, and you keep that bit. Right. But the people yeah. who showed up to see you are the people who already like you once you're right. alone. That's true. Right. I mean, that's just it. You're, if, you know, like Kyle Kinane and Gallagher have, and Zach Galifianakis have zero overlap. 
But each one of them would be willing to make a movie and would throw in their humor, you know, and their all their stuff, you know. I think it's funny seeing Rob Reiner with, in a trucker hat and tobacco <laughs> in his cheek. <laughs> yeah. How far are you going? End of this fence? Okay. <laughs> yeah, it... Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a bumpy <laughs> ride. There's no doubt about it. All right. Oh, well. I thought I just, I just remembered my, what I thought was the funniest scene in, in The Jerk. And it's when Carl Reiner is, uh, he says, he's talking about, you know, let me show you. He's talking about uh, how he can't see her. Or what is faulty oh. death perception? He's like, and it. Uh, let me show you a clip from the latest film, and then the car goes over, and then you hear him go, "Cut!" <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. I thought See? that was really funny. See, that was a joke for directors. That was a joke for people that knew what you know. This is not how movie making works, but we'll make a joke about it. It's just like his sort of nonchalant delivery too. He's just like, "Cut." <laughs> This is a horrible crash. It's rolling down the hill. <laughs> I love that. If we could have had a few more jokes like that, I'd have, I'd have liked it better. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the problem with all movies that you've seen met multiple times. Not problem. The the benefit, I guess, is that you know it's coming up. If you're like Job watching, um, yes. you know... <laughs> watching Friday or, or coming to America. You're, you're waiting, you're waiting for that joke. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this joke's okay. Or I don't like this part. I just, uh, whatever. But you, but you know, what's coming. <laughs> you know, he's going to shoot those cans and he's yeah. <laughs> stay away from the cans. You know, you just, you just, it's irresistible for some people. Yeah. I mean, that the cans was always my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I think that actually works because there's a there's a real like you know dynamic happening between three characters. <laughs> you know, Jackie Mason's like, we don't have defective cans, we got a defective poison. You know, he's and he's doing his shtick, and and, he, and Steve Martin's running around, and he's getting shot at. I mean, that's like that's pretty good as a like a scene as a setup setup for some jokes. Mm-hmm. But not everything is done with such care or foresight. Right. Yeah. Speaking of foresight. Yeah, what are we doing next? Um, well, it's my pick, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to stick with comedy. Cool. Hmm. We're going to fast forward to 1990. Whoa. I'm having a hard time thinking of a clue that won't give it away entirely. Wait, 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 wait. wait. 1990. 1990. Is it, is it action comedy or just comedy? It's kind of action comedy. I don't know if anyone would call it... it well, it is. It is. There's not a lot of action in it, though. It's more like um, detective comedy. I know what it is. You do? Last Boy Scout? Nope. That is definitely an action comedy. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, and that's that's uh, Shane. What's his name? Um, I would say it's not. It's not. It, it's a similar genre, but more comedy than action. What I'm picking here, and mm. um, most people will probably say they don't like this movie. I remember <laughs> being very funny, <laughs> and I'm curious. Oh, I don't remember. Boy. I don't. I don't remember it well. <laughs> so I'm curious if it, if it holds up for me. Um, of course. Uh, it stars a stand-up comedian 1990 Who was very popular when we were in high school Oh, I know I do know what it is Yeah Ford Fairlane Yup <laughs> Oh boy The yep. Adventures of Ford Fairlane Starring Andrew Dice You've been Clay. waiting to pick this one <laughs> Yeah I saw I think it in the he's theater to get back you guys <laughs> What's that? I, I saw it in the theater With you guys <laughs> We all went together, yes. Yes. I don't remember ever thinking about it ever again. <laughs> I have. And he does have some good stand-up. He does. I've gone back and listened to some of it, and it's still funny. It's, I mean, sure, it's totally politically incorrect, but 
who cares about that? Uh huh. We will have to just talk about this. Uh, interesting thing though. Um, I don't know if it's really available online, even to what? rent. Speaking of foresight, <laughs> how could that be? I don't know. Hang on. Hang on, it's good never, listeners. never stopped us before. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm on Real Good where it usually says where you can rent or stream, whatever. And it says, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane is not available. What? That's odd. That seems bizarre. It's not available to watch online. That can't be accurate, right? Well, you can buy the VHS tape for five bucks. Oh, there you go. I actually think I think I have it on DVD. Actually, <laughs> I think. You know what? You don't want to do a backup pick, do you? No. That's silly. No, let's just forge ahead. We'll, 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 I'll buy it if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> it must be available on Blu-ray. Oh boy, nice. I made the mistake of seeing the wrong. Actually, video. I might. Actually, I think I, I think <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I might own it. Actually, like a digital copy. I think. Sorry, well, listeners. This, be, this will be interesting because you get to pivot from, you know, what doesn't work with the the jerk to everything you like about Ford Fairley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hang tough, listeners. <laughs> It'll be worth I mean, it, I promise. Yeah, this this episode was definitely worth it. This is oh, our best episode yet. Oh, by far. Ooh. Archive.org. Oh, yeah? Looks like it. That site's got everything. <laughs> I feel like just mentioning it, though, is just going to get it shut down. <laughs> you may... Uh, have overestimated our reach. <laughs> <laughs> There's just blabbers everywhere. Hopefully not in our audience. No. There's no rats. Just good listeners, which we are grateful for. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Well, this episode's been no one's business but the jerks. So, I'm out of here. <laughs> that was about as good as George Costanza's The Jerk Store line. <laughs> the Jerk Store called. They're all out of you. That's the from Rothery Brains. My friend, don't be a jerk.